Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. Our purpose on Journey to Success Radio is to interview and promote people who are making a positive difference in this world. My name's Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a motivational speaker helping people to live positively with and through the many and varied challenges of life. I've had rheumatoid arthritis from my jaw to my toes since the age of five. That's 45 years now. And in that time, I've had four hips, four knees, and two shoulders replaced, and I've been hospitalized about... 40 times. I also stand about 5 foot 1, hence the nickname too tall, and that's due to the heavy doses of the oral steroid prednisone that I took to fight my arthritis. And of course, anyone who knows me knows that despite those physical challenges, I always answer amazing when asked how I'm doing. I tell people 80% of the time it's true, and the other 20% of the time it's to remind myself that it's true. So you can find out more about me and my website and my radio show at Tom, the number two, and Tall, T-A-L. And also co-hosting the show with me today is the amazing Colin Gilmartin from Louisiana, who is a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor. Colin works with young people. He's also the author of the book Dream Training. Tell us a bit about yourself, Colin. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Jeff. I I inspire a young kid to think and dream big. Nice. I like it. Now, our guest today is the amazing Jeff Krentz. And Jeff has a, a focus working with financial sales professionals. His purpose is to inspire peak performance in your sales and leadership teams. His award-winning sales trainer programs and coaching services deliver a substantial return on investment for his clients. He draws on a lifetime of experience as a sales leader and performance coach, uh, bankers, financial advisors, mortgage consultants, and insurance agents have significantly increased their sales performance by applying his proven strategies. His greatest sense of professional fulfillment comes from helping his clients to maximize their sales performance while igniting a greater passion for their career. He is an esteemed member of the American Society for Training and Development and regularly speaks at their gatherings. And when he's not writing or coaching, he travels extensively to deliver training seminars loaded with relevant, immediately actionable strategies to increase sales and leadership productivity. Welcome to the show today, Jeff. Thank you, Tom. Hi, Colin. I'm glad to be on the program. It's exciting. Uh, I don't often have someone uh, relating to financial, uh, Jeff, on the show. The ones, uh, the shows I have had, I've had the most listenership. So it's exciting to have you on the show. And uh, I wanted to start off by uh, talking about Napoleon Hill's principle of definiteness of purpose. I know you've read the book Think and Grow Rich, and and definiteness of purpose gives a passion to life that it seems like unfair because it doesn't seem like work anymore. And how did you come upon your definite purpose and your passion 
um, and uh, tell us uh, how you came about that, because so many people ask me. Uh, Tom, yeah, I'd be delighted to, Tom. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this topic of purpose is a big one. It's so important, and it's one of those items that's resident deep down inside of every single one of us. I think I think we all have this resounding question that, that begs an answer. You know, why on earth am I here? What am I supposed to do? I equate this to our purpose. And, and I can tell you that for me it's a journey. You know, it's not like I woke up one day with this epiphany moment that, you know, the, the heavens parted and there was this enlightenment that showed me that my calling in life was to be an author and to conduct training seminars for financial professionals. For me, my journey included uh, an upbringing, a humble upbringing in a hardworking family-owned and operated business. I, I moved on from there to get involved in finance and I got all my securities licenses and I learned the business of helping people to achieve their financial goals with investments and retirement planning and protection that comes along with all that. And it was really there that it formed some of the the early impressions for me of how much I just loved to educate and create awareness for people. I ran seminars when I was a financial advisor when I first got my start in the business and I just absolutely loved it. I felt like when I was communicating in front of groups of people, I felt like my strengths were being utilized. I, I felt most alive, most energized. And, the, you know, the feedback from the participants was incredibly encouraging and positive. So that, for me, helped to direct me a bit towards what I do right now. In fact, I like to say it was some of the foundational experience that I had that really set the stage for what I do today professionally. Interesting, interesting. And... Uh the 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 industry has totally changed for a financial professional i imagine over the years i i know a few things about it in the old times because i used to work part time all the time in the evenings when i was young uh it involved picking a phone book dialing number hello my name is so and so and i'm calling to see about your financial needs and book an appointment with blah 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 and then i also remember every year getting a birthday card from my dad's life insurance agent and uh, Mike Cogan you'll never forget his name because you get a birthday card every year when you're young who cares about a birthday card from an insurance guy but you still got one every year mm-hmm. and as did everyone in our family so tell us how a sales professional how that profession has changed as far as attracting new clients and building business and and selling mm. Yeah, the industry has changed. I like to say it's really been revolutionized in a, in a way that even within the last three to five years with the compliant and the regulatory environment that we see in financial services and also just the desire of the clients that are out there in the marketplace and the way that they want to be served. So you're right on. You know, the days of cold calling have died long ago. Clients today want a level of authentic engagement and connectivity that requires a whole new approach. And that's why what I really focus on in a lot of my workshops is strategy to develop that authentic connection with them, whether it involves social selling strategies or communicative technique over an introductory phone call or face-to-face meetings. Uh, It's a matter of getting them equipped with the tech the technology and the technique to be able to engage with people as a trusted advisor. It's no longer just about conducting transactions. It's about a longevity of relationship and how I can help you to achieve your financial goals for the long haul. 
And the two words that I just wrote down, I'm going to use it somehow, authentic engagement. And authentic engagement doesn't always have to be always about the financial side of the business, although that's your expertise. It could be authentic engagement. It could be someone you're volunteering alongside of who finds out that you're in that business and, well, you're a good guy. You're out in the community serving the community, and so that's a kind of a nice example of authentic engagement where you're out involved serving people and the guy you're serving beside he asks you what you do and all of a sudden you have a warm prospect or someone who knows and uh, what you do and appreciates who you are as a person uh colin now you must uh working with kids this must be a topic that uh probably you hear rarely about unless it's involving on the spending side but what questions Absolutely. might you have for someone like uh like jeff who works with sales professionals dealing with parents who have kids and that sort of thing. Uh, the question I have for you, Jeff, is what – maybe you can take us back a little bit. What was your uh, money consciousness growing up as a child? What was, what, what was the attitude towards money like in your family growing mm-hmm. up? You know, great question. One of the things I'm very, very grateful for is that my parents both – groomed me up as a child to appreciate the value of money. And I think a lot of that came very naturally because as a young boy, I grew up working alongside of my dad and my two brothers in the family-owned business. And so for me, I understood the importance of hard work and what it took to earn money and then the joys of being able to invest it and to spend that money on things that are either you know, goal-oriented towards savings or if it was something, you know, pleasurable that I wanted to, you know, it was a, uh, I was into motorsports at that time in my life. If I wanted to buy a new ATV, I knew what I had to do to earn the money to go out and purchase that item. And one of the strongest encouragements I'd give to parents today is to teach your kids up in that way so that they understand how work is associated with value, and that's how you earn an income. You know, I see this play out in stores that you go into the grocery store as an example or, you know, any kind of a retail outlet, and you see these younger children, and they'll they'll come up, and there's an item on the shelf that they want, and they'll pull it down off the shelf, and they'll show it to their mom or dad, and they'll say, hey, mom or dad, I'd like to get this. You know, it's only $49 is what they'll say. And what that young child doesn't realize is, you know, how many burgers they would need to flip working at a restaurant or how many hours they would need to work after they clear taxes and what their net income would be in order to purchase that item for $49. So there's a disassociation with the work that's associated with earning and then what the value is of the item that they'd like to purchase. Hmm. (laughs) I love that, Jeff, because I remember as a kid I had two paper routes and paper Paper routes are not the best thing for someone with rheumatoid arthritis to have. And when I would calculate after collecting all my money how much I knew the value of what $49 was because I had to deliver hundreds of newspapers to make anywhere close to $49. And so a great analogy of tying it to how many hours you got to put in to pay for that and try and do your best to make them put in those hours to pay for it. And then there's an appreciation for the purchase if you've worked hard to 
you know, save up for that, of course. You know, I can tell you, I mean, some of the things that I was really the most appreciative for are those things that I also worked the most for. And conversely, those things that were given and to me uh, just as gifts, nothing wrong with receiving a gift, but I may not have associated the same value with that item as the thing that I desired that I worked hard to, to achieve. Exactly, and, and along with uh, training them in finances, it's also training them in life to to tie that those two together, and so a great mm-hmm. uh, great tie. Now, Jeff, can I ask you a follow up question on that? So, for sure. You so growing up, um, how is that? How so what do you do now with your young kids? That either is a little bit different or is it more of the same or how how have you used your experience in what you do now to kind of i guess modernize what you're doing with uh with your children to talk to them about uh money mm-hmm. yeah the same principle in, in many ways you know our our children are younger and you know we have of course they have responsibilities around the house and the yard to to do regular chores daily and weekly chores so my wife and I built a little spreadsheet, if you will. It's, it, it's a little chart for them. We call it the chore chart. And with each item, we've associated that particular chore with a certain uh, amount of money that they would earn if they complete that with consistency. And what it gives them the responsibility of is completing the activity and also tracking it and keeping track of all that. At the end of the week, they hand it in. And they earn their their chore money. And so what's great about that is when they excel with that and then they're disciplined in saving, then when there's that toy that they want or that video game or that new bike that they want, they they know how much they need to save up to to acquire that. Hmm. A chore chart. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. And that's a great way for them to visualize as well as learn with the putting in the back work, but also visualizing uh, the work they've done and the work required and how much things cost and those kind of things. So, excellent. Now, you know uh, what I find it also does is it ties the work that they do um, to a deeper driving motivation. And I think there's a life principle here that we could explore mm-hmm. in the discussion just a bit. You know, think of it. If, if I'm tying the activities that I have to do that are work-related to something that is really driving me, it's an ambition of mine because there's something that I want to go out and purchase because I think it's going to make my life more enjoyable or it's something for me that I'm really going to you know, like, I am going to be much more motivated to complete that work with excellence and with commitment. You know, and isn't life like that? You know, for for the parent that's listening to the program today, you know, maybe you're driving motivation for your work and for your professional life is to provide well for your family, to be sure that they have what they need and to save for the kids' future education or to take that that vacation that you all deserve so much. You know, that's a driving motivation that you can tie back to the sometimes tedious uh, work that you may do in the day in and day out, and it helps you to stay focused on the larger goal. I love that. And when you have that focus, that also allows you to uh, keep your thoughts and focus off of other things that are of less importance. And so it really does tie into definiteness of purpose. If your definiteness of purpose is to provide for your family uh, and, and provide nicely for them, that makes you focus on that and helps you stay away from all the other 
things of the world that are trying to get into your thirty to 60,000 thoughts a day. Uh, now, uh, Jeff, for financial salespeople, financial professionals in the future, um, I see, for instance, I'm thinking of uh, I am uh, working at Oakville Honda, so I see a lot of our older uh, car salespeople who have no interest in or involvement in social media. And so I'm thinking in the future, those type of people may have a challenge. And so what are some great challenges you see for financial professionals in the future as far as marketing and sales and building their business? Mm-hmm. Your example that you shared there with um, the individuals in the dealership is so relevant in the financial services industry because I see those professionals in financial services that have adapted and implemented the newest technology. Take, for instance, social selling and the social media strategies to create engagement, those that are employing those those strategies effectively are growing their book of business, they're, they're developing new business relationships, and they're absolutely flourishing. There's a whole other camp that has realized that it's something that's happening, but they haven't really gotten on board with that mainstream flow, and they're finding themselves more and more behind and um, you know, swimming against the current because they're trying to do things the way that they did five or ten years ago, which really doesn't work as effectively today. So, you know, adapting to the technology is key, and, and a huge part of it also for the the professional today is it's the right mindset and the right motive for how you serve. You know, it's not selling itself is all about giving. In fact, it's helping somebody else make the decision that's best for them. It's not about what I get out of it as a sales professional. It's not so I can get you coerced or talked into a product or a service and sign the paperwork, conduct the transaction so I can earn the commission. That's just the natural result. See, any money that I earn in the sales transaction is just the fruit of the labor. It ought not be the driving ambition to get that transaction conducted. If my motivation is to truly help the person that I'm serving, they can feel that. They sense that. That builds the foundation for trusted advice that I'm able to provide. And the beauty of that is the more people that you help in life, the more that it reciprocates back and, you know, our needs are more than met. I love that and I love that approach. Uh, in the past, so many uh, financial professionals, I think, would come in with a preset product to sell people. Uh, and your approach is much nicer is letting the customer, because in this day and age, they really, I imagine a lot of customers are somewhat educated, find out what they want and need and help them get the best of what they want and need and perhaps advise them if it's not the right thinking. But a a, a much better approach that you suggest than coming in with a specified product in mind before you sit down with them to try and, and sell them. And then also... Um, serving. You talked about serving. That's part of the Napoleon Hill principle of going the extra mile and one that Colin and I have proved so many times. And too bad there's not a mathematical formula. But the more you serve others, give information for free, give time for free, give money, help in some way, somehow the universe just starts conspiring to send you people and business and and things in your life that you would never have expected. And so service into being a financial professional is a good thing as well. Um, it proves itself, and you only have to go out and do it to prove it to yourself. But Colin and I certainly have done that 
and we know that it works. Energy always returns to its source of origination. Hmm. Very good. Always. I got a question for you, Jeff. What um, What are some of the biggest money myths you encounter? The biggest money myths. Um, one of the biggest money myths is the whole get rich quick idea. You know, when I when I discuss investing with individuals, what disheartens me at times is when people have uh, sort of a lottery mentality with. Um, the assets that, that they manage. You know, you can't just throw something into the hot um, stock and, and hope, wish, and pray that, you know, it just inflates and you reach your financial goals. One of the, the truly the effective strategy of investing is consistency and discipline over the course of time to stay the course and to achieve the goal. So it's little by little, day by day, that allows you to make the progress along the journey. You certainly can't create wealth overnight. So many people are relying on the lottery mentality to uh, get them their wealth instantly. And uh, people will look at people like yourself, maybe myself doing training, and other people, and like, wow, look at them. <laughs> they don't see the extremely hard work and tons of time and daily disciplines at what we uh, do. And that follows with their financial life as well as a professional life as well. Good question. There. Sure does. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, part of your uh, bio there talked about uh, not only helping clients maximize sales performance, but also, and this must be key, one ties into the other, igniting a greater passion for their career. Uh, because like any business, I imagine <laughs> there's a lot of downs, <laughs> probably a lot of negativity and a lot of challenges. And if you lose the passion it shows. It shows to your prospects. It shows in your business. It shows in your life. And so uh, talk about that igniting the greater passion for their career uh, because that's as valuable and ties directly into maximizing sales performance, I'm sure. It certainly does. You know, And if there's one thing, a common ingredient across every single successful person that I've ever had the privilege to either work with or know personally, the common denominator in all of these individuals is that they were completely passionate about what they did professionally. And when we discover that passion that's resident within us, it's, it's like a gift that was given to us from our, our very birth. When we discover that passion, and then we align that passion and that ambition with what we do professionally, what we are immediately doing is setting ourselves up for a much happier life. You know, if you think about the, the vast hours of every waking day that we're involved in professional pursuits, it only makes logical sense for us to find something that we really enjoy doing and then setting out to do that with all of our heart and all of our passion. One of my favorite quotes is by William Barclay who said, that there are two great days in a person's life, the day that we're born and the day that we discover why. You know, that hints at this essence of purpose. And when we can align our purpose with our passion, now suddenly what happens is our work doesn't feel as tedious. Now, it doesn't mean that every day is going to be a big party and it's just a big, 
you know, it, it ought to be fun, but it's not going to be like at every moment of every day. There's going to be challenges that come up along the way. But if we want to be committed to succeed in our professions, the ingredient that allows us to, to, to keep that commitment is passion. See, because when we're passionate about what we do, we'll stay the course and see it through because we believe so deeply in, in, in what we're doing. Oh. <laughs> You're speaking to the choir, and you got me excited here because that ties in so directly and so much. Uh, uh, my purpose is to encourage people, and I I have to do that. I, I, I've gotten to that point by living with pain 24-7. It, it's annoying as heck to live with pain, really annoying every day. You don't get used to it. But mm. when you see it as tied to your purpose... You're like, wow, bring it on. Let's see what I can handle so that I can use it to inspire other people, encourage other people, uh, engage with other people. And so once you really can find that passion and you can tie it into something you're doing, it can make even the dull and difficult parts of what you're doing more enjoyable, more purposeful, uh, and that really, really uh, helps with any sales professional, more than any probably career. Like if you're a discouraged or depressed accountant, it probably doesn't affect your accounting skills. But if you're a discouraged and depressed salesperson, it's probably going to hurt you somewhere. And so mm. igniting that passion is is so important because if you have six down months as a, in a mood or not excited about what you do, it, it doesn't. It affects you more than someone else who just comes in and does their job, regardless of what attitude they have that day. Yeah, what a great perspective that you just shared there, Tom. It's so true. And when you discover that passion again, you set yourself up to truly enjoy what you do professionally. It's timeless wisdom. I, Confucius said it so many years ago: "Find a job that you love, and you'll never work a day in your life." Exactly. My dad had a job favorites. like that, and he worked so many years, never missed a day, and he said he never, fe- he said it never felt like work to him. And boy, when you can get to a stage like that, uh, this is this creates a lot more happiness and joy in your life, even during the difficult times, because you really, really, really know your passion and your purpose. Do you have any well, other? Jeff, questions? I got a question for you. Yeah, uh, you, you have a you have a quote here. Um, on your on your website, it says, "In the era of knowledge, there is no greater investment than that of perpetual learning." And I want to know what what I guess what books would you share with our listeners here, whether it's business or life. What 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 one book comes to mind besides Think and Grow Rich that you would like to share with us? Mm. You know, um, let me speak to the principle of the quote first, and then I'll, I'll share with you a resource that I would highly recommend for, for all listeners. You know, the idea with the era that we live in, it's the, it's the knowledge era. You know, most, most of what we do is we broker information. We take in information, we develop from that information, it, and we use that in some way, whether it's through a skill or through insight or through advice, a service, in the building of products, many facets, what we do is we take that knowledge and we create something that's valuable for someone else that's going to help their life and that's desirable for them. And it is clear that 
knowledge is increasing at just such an incredible rate. You know, the, the ready access that we have literally in the palm of our hands with a couple taps of our thumb on our smartphone, we have instant access to so much information that we just didn't have access to before. And the professional pursuits that we are engaged in require us to be true experts in what we do if we want to excel. That requires knowledge and it requires an investment into ongoing professional and personal development. And I am just a, a huge, huge advocate of you know, reading and taking in information and you know, sourcing information that's going to allow us to cultivate our skills and to develop in that way. When I think about a great resource, it's hard to narrow it to just one. I, I have a top ten list of, of books that have truly impacted my life professionally and personally. One of them that I, I think just espouses timeless wisdom, and it, it really gets back to the topic we kicked the program off with that relates to purpose and to you know, following our passions. It, it's Marcus Buckingham's book titled Now Discover Your Strengths. It's been it's been out for a while and revised, but you know Buckingham's principles in the book are just so incredibly important because what 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 he really encourages us to do is to first of all discover what it is that we are inherently good at. You know, what talents or strengths do we possess as individuals? And the book walks you through a really great diagnostic of helping to discover exactly what those are and then encourages to follow a professional path that employs those skills the most effectively. And this has been the experience of my life. You know, when with what I do right now, the reason that I feel so confident about this being the fulfillment of my purpose is because it's using the strengths and the capabilities that I have to the maximum. And for every listener that's on the program today, if I could encourage you with one thing, it's to take an introspective look and discover what it is that you are really, really good at. And you're going to find that that talent is generally associated with a passion or a desire to, to execute from that strength. And the best way that you can is to align what you do professionally to use that skill as often as possible and you're going to set yourself up for great success, and you're really going to enjoy the journey toward that as well. Wow. I've heard a lot of Marcus Buckingham, but I've yet to read one of his books. And so, geez, you just sold me on uh, ordering. What was the name of the book again there, Jeff? It's called Now Discover Your Strengths. And what's great about it is, you know, with each book, you get a code and you can go on, and Buckingham's got a website where you can take his Strengths Finder profile yeah. questionnaire. You answer the series of questions and the outputs from those are going to really be indicative of what your strengths are. So it's a great experience to walk through the reading of the book and then the taking of the, the profile as well. I love that. One of my favorite books that I talk a lot about is Strength Finder 2.0 by Tom Roth, where you can do another thing like that, a Strength Finder uh, survey questionnaire. And wow. Those are exciting when you read them and then when your brain can get focused on, okay, let's find a way to do more of this. Uh, it is really, really exciting. I'm sure uh, probably, Jeff, you've heard of the amazing Charlie Tremendous Jones and his saying, you'll be the same of five course. years from now. 
as you are today, yeah. except for the people you meet and the books you read. And so, as you said, if you're a financial professional, you cannot use an excuse. You cannot say, I'm too busy, I'm too blah, blah, blah. You need to actually set aside any sales professional, any business person, any marketer. You need to actually set aside time. I read for a, an hour a day. I remember Colin one time inboxed me, how do you read so many books? So, well, I'm at my desk in my office in my home at 6 a.m., and I read for an hour before people start waking up and getting up in my house, and I'm a speed reader, so I can read a book a week, and I do read a book a week because people like you, Jeff, send them to me for free, and I feel I have to read them. <laughs> so uh, uh, as you told people, it is a commitment. You are a professional. You wouldn't want to go to a doctor that hasn't updated his knowledge for a bunch of years and who says, well, Tom, I haven't had a chance to read the latest journals. Come on. This is what I learned 20 years ago. And if you're a financial professional, you really do have to be on top of the game like that as well, not only about financial products, but about people and behavior and sales and serving and, and all of the different things you teach people to do. Well said. Now, you have a book with a hot title that I like, Treat Them Like a Rockstar. Tell me about that yeah. book. Yeah. You know, it gets at the heart of service. And when I when I wrote the book and just recently brought it to market, I wanted it to really be a, a true bastion in, in in a crowded market space that talks about customer service. So the whole book is based on that metaphor. Could you imagine the, the amazing service that you would deliver if your favorite celebrity or rock star walked into your place of, of work? Mm. You know, how would we treat that person? How would we go the extra mile? How would we give it everything that we've got to really create a great impression and a great customer service experience for that individual. And that's really the foundation of the whole book. It's called Treat Them Like a Rockstar because every client that we serve deserves that. You know, they have taken, they've made a decision to take their hard-earned money and bring it to our business and purchase the service or the products that we afford. And, you know, they deserve to be treated as such. So the book combines both method and motive to really stir the passion within organizations and all the, the individuals that work for those companies to, to serve from the heart with their whole heart. Wow. I love it. I love it. And when you say that, it, it brings to mind a customer of mine. I spoke at the Million Dollar Roundtable in Malaysia day a few years ago, and my wife and I continually refer to that as they treated us like a rock star. They treated us like royalty, and we're like, wow, they're paying me to speak to them, and yet they're treating us like royalty. Like There are so many examples of that, and once you've experienced that, you're like, wow, this is mm-hmm. unbelievable, and if you can generate that experience for any of your customers or prospects, they will talk about it because it is unusual. So treat them like a rock star, and boy, they will remember it, and you will stand out like crazy, won't you? Oh, yeah, and it is the most profitable business strategy out there. You know, what a novel idea. It's not not like it's a revolutionary thought. It's not something that just came to market a few months ago. But the idea is, is the most profitable business enterprises on the planet have got this thing figured out. They know how 
to truly create an amazing customer service experience. Yeah. You had something on that, Colin? Yeah, Jeff, when, where can we get your book? The best start would be to visit my website, and um, by stopping by, you could Google search for my name, Jeff Krantz. It's K-R-A-N-T-Z. And so to stop by the site, jeffkrantz.co, that's .co. Um, there's a, there's a, just a variety of resources there that the listeners can plug into and avail of. One is a video series with some great sales productivity tips. You could purchase my book there. Or if it's easier, you could stop by and do a quick search on Amazon for Treat Them Like a Rockstar. It'll come right up, and a one-click order will have it in your door in no time. Right. And Krantz, K-R-A-N-T what? K-R-A-N-T-Z. There you go. And for us Canadians, it's K-R-A-N-T-Z. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case Canadians were confused there. What's a Z thing? So, yeah, J-E-F-F, because there are various ways to spell Jeff. Uh, So, J-E-F-F, that's the Jeff part, and Krantz, K-R-A-N-T-Z or Z, depending on where you live, .co. And some people might pound in that .com, but it's .co. So, go there, and I'm on the website now, and it is, it's a hot website. I spend a lot of time thinking about my website, and then enjoying it, and yours is really well done. I don't know if you do it yourself, but extremely well done. So jeffkrantz.co, and then get your treat them like a rock star there, and then get out and start treating people like a rock star. And when you do, uh, they'll come pounding down your door for more treatment like a rock star, and you'll make money serving them at the same time. Yeah, and Tom, you know, special bonus for the listeners today, I'll tell you, if they stop by my website and submit the on the contact page, if they submit the contact form and in reference that you heard about me here today on the Journey to Success Radio Network, I'd be happy to send in a, a free copy of my book. It's a compilation of my all-time favorite motivational quotes. Mm-hmm. I'll send it right out to you if you just mentioned that you heard about me on the program today. Nice. I'm going to go to the contact page myself because I saw that book and uh, it interests me. What's it called again? Uh, it's called it's Motivational Quotes Compiled by Jeff Krantz. There you go. I see it on your website. So I'm going to contact us. <laughs> so I'll put how that in the... Hey, Jeff, how about giving it... us a quote from that book? What's your favorite? I mean... Well, I've shared a couple already on the program. Um there's just so many good ones there. I've shared the Confucius quote. Um, I, one that just comes to mind now, it's it's a classic Henry Ford quote. You know, it deals with attitude and belief. And he, sa- he said, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, in either case, you're right. That's right. And what I love about that is it just deals with this, this important virtue of belief. You know, the way that we set out and the belief that we have behind the activities that we conduct have so much to do with the outcomes that we experience. I have a little plaque about three feet away from me, right behind my desk, with the exact saying that you just used by Henry mm-hmm. Ford. Whether you think you can, so I think you can't. You're right. So start arranging those thirty to 60,000 thoughts on the can side and keep them off of the can't side and uh, you'll be uh, a lot further ahead. So for a free copy of the book, jeffkrantz.co, and go to the contact page, and I'm going to be putting this in the website page I promote and on the description of the Blog Talk radio show, and so make sure to get a free copy of that. 
Uh, I know uh, Colin and I are going to, so everyone else should uh-huh. too. Remember, uh, I'm CEO. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show uh, today, uh, Jeff. It was a lot of fun. Colin and I learned a few things, and uh, you got me excited too uh, at various parts there about purpose and passion. And so, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I'm, you, what you're doing is really going to be impacting people more than anything in the world. Uh, even Jesus uh, talked about money more than anything else. And so, by helping people and financial professionals to serve their clients better. Uh, you're creating legacies in lives that you probably will never even meet most of these people. So keep up the great work, and it's a lot of fun to talk to someone who's found their definite purpose and their passion in life. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Colin. It's been a delight to be on the program today. Have yourself an amazing day. Thanks for joining us today, Colin, as well. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jeff. You bet. Take care. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.